Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, in the headlines on the update this Wednesday, prosecutors have charged a man here in New York with performing acupuncture without a license after they say he punctured a woman's lungs during treatment, sending her to a hospital for emergency surgery. We'll have the latest details. A daycare operator in this city and a man who rented a room from her are now facing federal charges after the death of a one-year-old exposed to fentanyl inside the daycare. Maybe it's for the best and to save the trumpets, as the Mets confirm that Edwin Diaz will not rejoin the club this season. And police body camera video, which shows an Alabama high school band director being shot with a stun gun of being arrested by officers in front of screaming students in a chaotic scuffle that broke out after he refused to immediately stop the band as it played in the bleachers following a football game. This is the update. Wednesday, September the 20th, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, broadcasting across the nation and around the world, this is the update with Brandon Julian. A three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award, everything that you need to know because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all folks, every last one of you. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the update on a Wednesday, another hump day in the month of September for us. Around here with weather still cooperating for uh, the time being. Uh, I hope you do not have any plans for your weekend because uh, oh, it's going to be a rough one. Uh, <laughs> I kid, of course, uh, but not really. Uh, the forecast is calling for uh, showers, literally on and off, day and night, right through, uh, well, mostly through Saturday. Uh, your Sunday is looking somewhat salvageable, but it still kind of is a washout nonetheless. Remember, we start uh, fall officially on Saturday at about 2.39 in the morning, so when most of you are probably going to be asleep, or whatever you do during the weekends, I'm not your dad. <laughs> you know, folks, it has occurred to me that Spirit Halloween has a literal buttload of merchandise. And I know that from the last time that I went there with my wife to buy some stuff for Halloween, we were um, taken quite aback by uh, how much, by how much merchandise that they actually have. It seems uh, to be absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but that's honestly, they have a lot of merchandise because when, you know, when Halloween is over, the spirit closes down on November 1st, uh, they literally give all that merchandise away for cheap. Like last year on Halloween, I went to Spirit Halloween to get a whole bunch of stuff to surprise her with. And I got a whole bunch of stuff for less than $50. But it was practically gone by then. So this year, I have to remember to think uh, smarter not harder when it comes to this stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes from there. I'm Brandy Julian, uh, of course, folks. Uh, we appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however, of course, personally, uh, that you may be listening to us. There's lots of news, of course, to uh, catch you up on. We're going to begin this Wednesday's uh, proceedings here in the good confines of the city of New York. They have charged a man with performing acupuncture without a license after they say he punctured a woman's lungs during treatment, sending her to a hospital for emergency surgery. Queens DA Melinda Katz says that 66-year-old Yong Dilin 
was arraigned on four criminal charges Monday in connection with unlicensed treatments that he performed on 63-year-old Xu Zhangjiang between May and October of last year. Katz says that after that last treatment, Zhang collapsed and was taken to a hospital for emergency surgery. Linz's attorney, Kathleen Gallo, didn't immediately reply to a voicemail uh, yesterday that was seeking comment. And the Met Opera is uh, broadening their repertoire this season by performing more recent operas alongside classics like La Bohème. This fall, the company is going to stage Dead Man Walking, X, the life and times of Malcolm X, and Fl Florencias, the Mets' first Spanish-language opera in nearly a century. Uh, hoping to rebuild its attendance after the pandemic, the Met is devoting fully one-third of its stage productions to contemporary work, including revivals of two recent hits, Terrence Blanchard's Fire Shut Up In My Bones, and Kevin Putz's The Hours. The season is going to start on the 26th with Dead Man Walking, based on the book by Sister Helen Prejean about counseling inmates on death row. Uh, in his new book, their book, I should say, new book, Aster, uh, Anderson Cooper, we all know the journalist from one CNN, and uh, Catherine Howe traced the storied Astor family's legacy from its inception when John Jacob Astor emigrated from Germany and established himself in the beaver fur trade, a bloody and highly competitive business. The book traces how subsequent generations either built upon or frittered away the family's initial fortune. Cooper and Howe wrote the book as a follow-up to Vanderbilt, a chronicle of Cooper's own famous family that came out in 2021. Astor is a breezy overview of one of America's most prominent families, according and writing the Associated Press's May Anderson in her article. Uh, a former congressman from Indiana has now been sentenced to 22 months in prison for making illegal stock trades based on inside information while working as a consultant after he had left office. Former Representative Steve Beyer was sentenced yesterday here in New York. The Republican served in the House from 1993 to 2011. He once chaired the House Veteran Affairs Committee and was a House prosecutor for at former President Clinton's 1998 impeachment trial. Beyer was convicted of insider trading involving the merger of T-Mobile and Sprint. He was also convicted of illegal trades in the Madman Consulting Company Navigant when one of his clients was set to acquire it. Meanwhile, uh, West Point, they've been accused in a federal lawsuit of improperly using race and ethnicity as factors in the admissions process by the same group behind the legal challenge that resulted in the Supreme Court striking down affirmative action in college admissions. Students for a fair admissions, they claim that the U.S. Military Academy improperly uses benchmarks for how many black Hispanic and Asian cadets there should be in each class. Uh, the lawsuit was filed yesterday here in New York. The Academy said in a prepared statement that is does not comment on ongoing litigation to protect the integrity of its outcome for all the parties that are involved. In other news, we continue to cover, of course, that tragedy in the Bronx at that daycare center. And now we're learning that the feds are going to be taken over. That daycare operator, of course, and the man who rented a room from her are now facing federal charges 
after the death of that one-year-old exposed to fentanyl inside the daycare. Federal prosecutors said yesterday that the woman, Gary Mendez, took steps to cover up the drug operation by contacting her husband prior to alerting the authorities about the four unresponsive children. Authorities say they discovered a kilogram of fentanyl at the daycare. Both Mendez and the man who rented the room have denied any involvement in the drug operation. Authorities were still seeking Mendez's husband as of yesterday afternoon. Uh, And finally, uh, we all know Prince William of Great Britain and the wealthy entrepreneurs Bill Gates and Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor, of course, of the city of New York. Well, they are all uh, uh, promising hope to a warming world. A summit on innovation was designed to spur optimism amid the hottest summer on record, of course, the deadly extreme weather and the rising carbon pollution levels. The trio of billionaires are promoting finalists for Williams' third annual Earthshot Prize that offers five awards of $1.2 million to companies and groups that come up with new waves to save the planet. The Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, also promoted her agencies' new guidelines for companies that promote net-zero investing and also us to step aside momentarily when we return on the update this Wednesday. Uh, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Gonna talk some sports and how in the parties involved Edwin Diaz is not gonna pitch for the rest of the years. He continues to recover of course from that surgery that uh, knocked him out for the rest of for the entire year. There's a porn star's wife that's revealing how his job is impacting their uh, sex life. And she's revealed that her husband has taught her uh, to be a better lover. Believe that? I don't exactly know if I do. And then later, we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. At the United Nations, where the General Assembly is still taking place, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says that Russia is weaponizing everything from food and energy to even abducted children in the war against Ukraine. Gonna talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian returns in just a moment. Brandon Julian. Uh, you know, folks, I, I don't know about you, but this, you know, this kind of feels like a bit of a misdemeanor. You know, I think I might have just summoned something. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't you wish your life came with a warning app? Stop. That dog does not want to be petted. (laughs) Just a little heads up before something bad happens. Move your coffee cup away from your computer. Oh, no, 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 no. So you can have more control. Stop. You're texting your boss by mistake. Uh-oh. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Warning, the cap is loose on that catch-up. Don't wait. You have the power to change the outcome. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Brandon Julian. Honestly, people, I would do anything for my wife, Tommy, but I know I'm not the best romantic person out there. There are more people that are more romantic than I am. 
Did you know, folks, that a long, long time ago, Prince Edward abdicated his right to the English throne to the woman he loved? Isn't that unbelievable? He had to choose between the woman he loved or being king of England. And that idiot chose the girl. Now, I'm sure, folks, that it was the right moment at that exact moment in time, and I'm happily in a relationship with my wife. But even in the best of moments, each person in a relationship has had a time where they thought, I've made an enormous mistake. But you know what, folks? I bet you never thought I could have been King of England. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning August 28th through the first half of 2024. F trains will run on the E-Line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hills 71st Avenue. M trains will run between 57th Street on the F-Line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street, Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Beginning June 26th at approximately 6.15 a.m. through the remainder of 2023, seven express trains will run only between 74th Street, Broadway, and Flushing Main Street in both directions because of station enhancement work and escalator replacement. During rush hours, seven express trains will make all local stops between 74th Street, Broadway, and 34th Street, Hudson Yards. Beginning Monday, February 27th, the passageway connecting the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue is closed because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, 3, F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you still will be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90, with the exception of the BX-18A, BX-18B, B60, M116, Q4, Q4 Limited, S46, and S96 Limited, starting September 24th. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S-79 select bus service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip for possible inspection. 
The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So effectively, we're coming down the stretch in the MLB uh, season. Uh, after ne- next week is the last full week of baseball, the season officially ends on October 1st. And uh, the Mets, like I said before, and I'll continue to say, are the Mets mathematically still in this? Yeah. Same thing with the Yankees, but are they going to make the playoffs? Most likely, no. So the Yankees and Mets at this point are simply just playing for pride. It's simply that pride, it's not going all that well. Mets and the Marlins going down in Miami. Jake Berger, he hit the game-winning single in the bottom of the ninth, and the Marlins beat the Mets 4-3 to after blowing the lead late in the game. Josh Bell, he had an RBI double early. Braxton Garrett did not allow an earned run in six stellar innings. For the Marlins, who began the day, a half came out of the final wildcard spot in the National League. Uh, all-star infielder Luis Arise, who leads the majors, with a batting average of 354. Uh, he was a late scratch from the lineup because of left ankle pain. And a, a left ankle strain, I should say. Marlins manager Skip Schumacher said that Arise stepped on a baseball during pre-game drills. Uh, Miami took a 3-1 lead into the ninth inning, but the closer Tanner Scott gave up a two-run double to a Brandon Nemo with two out. Truthfully, though, maybe this is all for uh, for the best, because they also confirmed yesterday that uh, Edwin Diaz, the all-star injured closer for New York, is not going to rejoin the club this season, or at least pitch, that is. Diaz tore the patella tendon in his right knee, of course, during the victory celebration after closing down Puerto Rico's victory over the Dominican Republic in the World Baseball Classic back in March. Uh, After surgery and months of therapy, there were growing expectations that Diaz would pitch this year, at least toward the end of the year. The club confirmed uh, yesterday that his return will be targeted for next season. Uh, Yankees and the Blue Jays were going at it up in the Bronx. The Yankees at this point, only thing they're fighting for is really <laughs> just to keep a record above 500. Which, as much as I disdain the New York Yankees, they have a shot of, you know, at least doing that. Uh, George Springer was celebrating a birthday up in the Bronx, his 34th birthday. Happy birthday, George. Uh, he celebrated it with his 57th career leadoff home run. Bo Bichette, he had a two-run shot. And uh, the Blue Jays were able to beat the Yanks 7-1. Blue Jays began the night one game ahead of the Mariners and the Rangers for the second wildcard spot in the American League. The last spot, that is. They need, the Yankees, are six games back of the last wildcard spot, needing to overcome the Mariners and the Rangers. Yusei Kikuchi was pulled one batter into the game. One batter into the sixth inning, I should say, because of a left upper trap muscle cramp. Try saying that three times fast. (laughs) Kikuchi, he allowed one run and four hits in five-plus innings for his first win since the beginning of August. And surprisingly enough, we actually have playoff basketball to talk about. No, I'm not talking about the Knicks or the Nets because their seasons don't begin for another couple of weeks until mid-October. No, we're talking about the New York Liberty in the WNBA. Brianna Stewart, she scored 27 and the Liberty beat the Mystics 90-85 in overtime to advance to the semifinals of the WNBA playoffs for the first time in eight years. New York hadn't won a playoff series since 2015. The Liberty will play either number three seed Connecticut or a six seeded uh, Minnesota. The two, these, <laughs> sorry, those two teams will play the deciding game of their best of three series uh, tonight, actually. 
The semifinals will begin on Sunday. Liberty, they had to work to advance after blowing an 11-point halftime lead. Natasha Cloud scored 33 to lead Washington. Uh, now, folks, when we return on the update, this, uh, <laughs> I love what I keep saying, pausing like I'm forgetting what day this is. When we return on the update this Wednesday, apparently there's a porn star's wife is revealing how his job impacts their sex life. Apparently, he's even taught her how to be a better lover. Don't we all, don't we all wish that we had... Don't we all wish we had somebody like that who could teach us something? <laughs> and then, later on, we're going to talk together, of course, the latest national news. In Washington, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is trying to accomplish what seems almost impossible. Uh, furiously trying to convince his colleagues to come together to pass a conservative uh, bill to keep the government open, which is about, in, about a week and change from now. But the chances of a shutdown are seem to be likelier than ever. I'm going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to inform you about the following. Where does the time go? I personally really hope I didn't write that line. <laughs> well, it turns out maybe I actually did. Time continues to move forward, but looking back on the past is always important. It's how we grow as people. Plus, of course, you always have those times when you're like, Oh yeah, I remember that from way back when. Well, that's what we have for you on the update every weekend. And on the select periods, too. Uh, my producers look for any excuse to hold a party, and that's what we have for you, digging into our archives every weekend, playing you the best episodes from our previous years of The Update. And every once in a while, we cram the best of an entire year of The Update into one episode for your listening convenience. And if you don't know we're having a party, you will after you hear this soundbite declaring that we're having a big party. <laughs> So every weekend, listen to the archives of the update to see what you remember from when that episode aired. And of course, be on the lookout for the best of particular years of the update every so often. Keep listening on the weekends and every now and again, because it'll be a party that you personally will never forget. Unless, of course, you can't actually remember it from, you know, the night before. <laughs> Now, the update of Brain and Joy, it'll be right back after, of course, these messages. And uh, my producers actually left some uh, gifts for me under the sofa behind the set. How nice of them, actually. Excuse me. Brandon Julian. You know, it's a big holiday tradition, you know, it's fruitcake. I love all the holiday traditions, as Jim Gavigan once said. You know, like the Christmas tree. My birthday's right next to Christmas. Christmas tree, you know, we go chop a tree, we go put it in our living room. Sometimes I think that's the creation of a drunk man, really. Some woman wakes up. Honey, why is there a pine tree in our living room? I like it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna decorate it for Jesus. And then I'm gonna hang my socks over the fireplace. Fill them with candy. Maybe I can tie some leaves to a ceiling, see if I can get some action. And now I'm gonna puke on this couch. Merry Christmas. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? 
or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing. Or your daughter's first birthday party. You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. You know, Valentine's Day coming up. We surprise the ones we love with those big red hearts, you know, filled with the gamble chocolate. Think about it. Has anybody ever eaten any chocolate of those with any confidence? You're like, oh, this is either going to be really good or horribly nasty. Guess I'm just big enough to find out. Oh, I got the one filled with toothpaste. Gonna take another nine of those to get rid of that flavor. You know, there's a big red heart filled with the gamble chocolate, otherwise there's the tiny heart-shaped antacids. I know I make you nauseous. Here's a Tums with Hug Me written on it. You know, maybe that'll help. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Indeed, it is, folks. Uh, welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of September for us around here. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, folks, uh, <laughs> like, you know, folks, if you've ever, if you've listened to this program over the years, which honestly you should, and send me lots of presents. <laughs> You know we do talk about sex and relationships mainly a lot on this program, mainly because I've been married to my wife for almost five years. Although I will say, though, in my defense, it feels like it was longer because of uh, because of COVID. Uh, <laughs> but we all do wish that we could. Uh, we all do wish we could be better at uh, certain things. Like there's a woman. And married a famous porn star. And she's now revealed how her husband has taught her to be a better lover. Katie Brampton married adult content creator Robbie just after four months of dating. And uh, admitting that while she was initially put off by his, uh, his line of work, her mindset, mindset has now just completely shifted. The 30-year-old fully supports her husband's uh, unusual job which includes filming adult movies as well as educating men and women on how to improve their love lives. Uh, she said in a TV interview, quote, I knew what Robbie did before I met him because I'd seen him on Instagram, and it put me off a little bit. But after meeting Robbie, getting to know him, I'm so glad I did. I realized how much we have in common, and my perception really changed. You see, it was a real baptism by fire for Katie, who explained her now husband, who goes by the screen name Robbie Oz. I'm telling you people, do not Google. Like, do not Google this stuff. Like, do not Google it. Do not Google it and print out still images. Your partner won't like that. Like, do not Google it, print out still images, and try to and try to convince you that it's funny. She won't think it, she won't think it's funny. <laughs> Uh, but yes, if you are going to Google it, um, you're going to need the safe search. You're going to need the safe search off. Anyway, it was a real baptism by fire for Katie, who explained her now husband, who goes by the screen name Robbie Oz, left a second date to go shoot a sex scene with another woman. Uh, she explained, quote, we shared our first kiss at the beach, and then he went off to shoot the scene, and it just seems so normal. <laughs> Honestly, I had a little bit of, oh, this is, is this happening? Is this real? But it 
actually was. And ever since tying the knot last year, Katie said her way of thinking has evolved, with the pair who live on the Gold Coast uh, engaging in, quote, ethical non-monogamy. I have no idea what that even is, and I'm pretty sure I have a college degree. <laughs> she explained, quote, I thought being in a relationship and uh, sex was love, but I've grown to know that sex is a physical exchange between two people. Uh, our relationship is based on love, and we have so much in our relationship and plans for the future. Robbie and I have our special things that we have together, whereas when we're with somebody else, it brings something spicy to the relationship. However, of course, not everybody has been accepting with their open marriage, with friends and family suggesting that Robbie should stop having sex with others, a point that Katie denies. Uh, she said, quote, I married Robbie for who he is. The moment I met him, I knew he was something different, and we gelled. We connected right at the start. I couldn't be myself in my previous relationships. I felt myself hiding myself and not being in full, not acting to my full potential. With Robbie, there was no judgment. I could just be the Katie that I am. She added, quote, I never thought I'd marry a porn star, but here we are. <laughs> Which I definitely think has some truth to it. You know, before I met my wife, uh, well, let me rephrase that. The first time that I met my wife on our first date, many, many years ago, I had the same thought, honestly, that she did. I never thought I could be in a relationship and marry a girl like her who is, um, who is, beautiful, who is beautiful and curvy and just the way that she is. But five, some, some five odd years later, here we are. She continues on to say, quote, the sex of the porn stars taught me so much about myself. If anything came up and I felt insecure or jealous, I knew that would be an eternal journey for myself. Robbie said he went into sex work after rebelling from his Jehovah's Witness upbringing at the age of 18 and finding himself in a polyamorous relationship with two women. He explained, quote, from that point, I just kind of learned as much as I could. And I guess I was so interested in learning, it took me down the path of teaching about sex. I'm so proud of my work. I think it's just stigma from older generations, where people look down on it and think that it's, quote, dirty. But to me, honestly, it's just like any other job. Now Katie has built a loyal social media following to encourage women not to be trapped in relationships that society expects. However, she said her social media presence has led to several misconceptions, including that their lifestyle involves sex and swingers parties 24-7. She said, quote, but that isn't the case. It's mostly work, friends, the beach, and spending time with each other. Basically, as I've come to learn over the years, it's basically their love language. Each relationship has a different love language. I've grown to learn over the years that my wife's love language is quality time together. So, like, what we do is, like, we play video games or watch YouTube and movies and just cuddle with each other or we scratch each or I scratch her back. And that's quality time, folks. I feel like... How do I say this because I'm not a relationship expert or whatever? Quality time is probably the most important thing in a relationship. If I had my way, I'd say it's more important than sex. Truthfully. Because without quality time, nothing's cooking. And that's the fact we just have to learn. What we also have learned is that uh, national news, it is next for us around here, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian continues. From New York, home of your NCAA men's champion, UConn Huskies. This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you're listening to podcasts.
Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. At four in the morning, my phone rang. They said, I regret to inform you that your husband was wounded in action. Victor sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. I was doing school full time, and I was also then caring for Victor. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. I just didn't want to forget that I also had goals and that I also had a life. What I did is I challenged Victor to meet me halfway. There are almost six million military and veteran caregivers across the nation. We have our own journey, and we can fulfill that journey at the same time that we are helping our loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Brandon Julia. You know, folks, if you really do think about it in this day and age, it's a good thing that we can't report people that we don't like to 911 or the police. Could you imagine how that call would go? You know, it'd be like, 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, that lady Carol is at the barbecue again. <laughs> This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of September for us around here. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Let us talk together. Right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to begin, actually, uptown from here, over at the United Nations. Uh, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, he says that Russia is, quote, weaponizing everything from food and energy to abducted children in its war against Ukraine. And he's warning other world leaders that the same, it could happen to them. Zelensky spoke yesterday at the UN General Assembly's annual top-level meeting. He noted the war's effect on global food and fuel supplies, and highlighted the uh, situation of Ukrainian children who were taken from their families after the invasion began. Russia, they have not had their turn just yet to address the assembly. In other news, we're going to go to Washington, where the countdown to shutdown, it goes on. That was almost a perfect rhyme right there. The Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, he's trying to accomplish something that, at times, it seems like it's almost impossible. He's working to fiercely convince his colleagues to come together to pass a conservative bill to keep the federal government open. But it actually has very little chance of preventing the shutdown itself. Uh, whatever Republicans come up with in the House is expected to be rejected in the Senate, where Democrats and most Republicans together want to fund the government. With time continuing to dwindle down, plans for a test vote yesterday were scrapped as the negotiations resumed. Congress, they face a deadline of September 30th to reach a deal. That is next Saturday. But even a popular defense bill was turned back yesterday as conservatives are continuing to press for cuts. The United Auto Workers Union, they're preparing to expand their strike against Detroit's big three unless they see progress in the contract negotiations. UAW President Sean Fain says that workers and more factories will join those that are already on strike at noon on Friday, unless there is, quote, serious progress toward agreements. Meanwhile, Canadian Union uh, Unifor, they said late yesterday that it reached a tentative agreement with Ford, covering 5,600 workers in Canada. But in the U.S. here, the UAW strike, which is limited to three plants, is now in its fifth day. A White House official says that the Biden administration reversed a plan to send the acting labor secretary 
at a senior White House advisor to Detroit this week to meet with both sides. And over in Hattiesburg, over in Pennsylvania, Democrats in the House there will keep their one-vote majority after winning a Pittsburgh-area seat in a special election. Voters yesterday elected the former congressional aide, Lindsay Powell, uh, sp- bringing the partisan split to 102 Democrats to 101 Republicans. Powell defeated the Republican challenger, Aaron Connolly Ottenreif, in the heavily Democratic district. She replaces uh, the progressive former Democratic representative, Sarah Inramato, who resigned back in July to pursue local office. The House is expected to return next week to consider budget legislation two months into an ongoing stalemate. There is more national news for us to discuss, and we will address those, of course, when the update of Brandon Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Pass it on. Here's my bucket list for the day. Read an article on a news subject. Say only nice things about others. And listen to everyone's opinions. Because making things better requires change. Now these changes aren't going to show up on your news feed, but they're things I can do. So change something today. It's not going to change the entire world, but it's going to change your world. Change is in you. Pass it on. From PassItOn.com Notice lately how empty everything is? Empty streets, empty stores, empty schools. But I'm trying to change these empty times by being full of gratitude. Gratitude means saying thanks to the garbage collector, the medical providers, and all those who are helping every day. Things may appear empty around us, but when we're filled with gratitude, nothing is completely empty inside us. Gratitude is in you. From PassItOn.com Welcome back to the update with Brandon Julian on a Wednesday, everyone. Another hump day in the month of September for us around here. Uh, thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. We're talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to go back to Washington, where Republicans in the House, they're planning to hold their first hearing next week, and their impeachment inquiry into President Biden over his family's business dealers. The hearing, which is set for the 28th, is expected to focus on, quote, congressional and legal questions. That's around allegations of Biden's involvement in his son Hunter's business uh, overseas businesses. That's according to a spokesperson for the House Oversight Committee, which is leading this hearing. The committee also plans to subpoena the personal and business bank records of Biden's son. The White House has called the effort by House Republicans, quote, extreme politics at its worst. In other news, we're going to go down to Miami, where the classified documents prosecution of the former president would seem, at least on paper, to be the most straightforward of the four criminal cases that the former president is facing. But that doesn't make the path to conviction easy, particularly with this case set for trial in a Florida courthouse that's expected to draw its jury pool from a conservative-leaning region of the state that supported Trump in the 2020 election. Those built-in demographics may be a challenge for prosecutors, despite the apparent strength of evidence at their disposal, uh, underscoring the impossibility of untangling the law from the politics in an election year trial involving a former president and a current White House hopeful. In Philadelphia, there was actually a sudden tragedy today where we learned that Temple, well, Temple University, they say that their acting president, Joanne A. Epps, died after falling ill on stage during the memorial service. The university says that Epps was transported to Temple University Hospital, where she was pronounced dead at around 3.15 yesterday afternoon. She was only 72 years old. 
Board Chairman Mitchell Morgan says that he has no words to describe, quote, the gravity and sadness of this loss. He described Epps as a devoted servant and friend who represented the best parts of Temple. He says he, she spent nearly 40 years serving the university. Epps, the, for, the university's former law school dean and provost, uh, was named to the post back in April following the resignation in March of uh, Jason Wingard, which is Temple University's first black president. She'll be deeply missed. And finally, we're going to go down to Birmingham in Alabama, where police body camera video there shows a high school band director being shocked with a stun gun and arrested by officers uh, in front of screaming students. And a chaotic scuffle that broke out after he refused to immediately stop the band as it played in the bleachers following a football game. The altercation in Birmingham erupted last Thursday after the game between Minor and Jackson Olin High Schools. The video released on Monday night shows officers approaching Minor band director Johnny Mims and telling him to stop the music and clear the stadium. But the band keeps playing for almost another two minutes. Officers shock him with a stun gun and arrest him in a scrum of bodies. Police say that the incident is under investigation. I'll let you guys ponder on this. As we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Wednesday, September the 20th, 2023. That is the update on this Wednesday. I'm Brandon Julia. We appreciate you being here with us. I'm personally excited about this because we're going to be starting a new kind of somewhat series. Every month, I'm going to be playing an episode from my personal favorites. <laughs> We've been doing the show for six years. There's a lot of favorite episodes of mine. And we're gonna, I'm going to tell you about the first one starting in October when we actually cross over to there. Uh, so, so until the sun goes down over the big city once again, in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, folks, please be well. You know, we're rolling right along into fall, and that's excitement for my wife. All the spookiness that comes along with it. Let's talk about that and a lot more, too, of course, folks, when I see all of you right back here tomorrow. See you then.